Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Andy. <laughs> this is the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> the ghost of... Nobody told me I'd be haunted any, by any we, I, I need, Where's my chains? I need to haunt you. How's it going, Andy? <laughs> I should do this. I should just hold it. You should. Because you're like sideways. <clears throat> Put it right here. I think it's going well. I don't know if I'm being haunted or not right now, so I'm a little bit worried about that <laughs> with that really ominous you're voice that haunted. I just heard. I am. Okay. I think that was a ghost. I think so, too, because it sounded like it. Is it is, uh That's a dumb question. I'm not going to ask it. Uh, do you, I have a topic for us to talk about today. Good. A special... Uh, Christmas edition topic. <laughs> I wanted to chat. I want to chat with you, Andy, about um, the user experience of Christmas. The UX of Christmas. The UX of Christmas. All right. <laughs> um, not necessarily specifically about shopping, okay, or anything like that, but just Christmas in general. I feel like, uh, I feel like, even as a kid growing up the entire world like the entire year revolves around christmas you think so does that like as a kid as a kid i would say yes yeah you're like when is christmas my kids have asked me all throughout 2019 when is christmas yeah when is christmas it's april 17th and they're like when is christmas yeah how many days until christmas yeah yeah and we don't have an advent calendar that's that big so we have to like ask you a regular calendar and yeah (laughs) And tell my kids, you know, it's 764 days away. <laughs> yeah. That's my go-to. I wonder how many days are in a year. I don't even know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but but Christmas seems to be like an ever-present, get it? That was a good pun. Ever-present um, thing that's like looming out there all the time. Yeah. Like even after Christmas... It's like it's like after Christmas, you know? I feel like there is a correlation with the way we do dates. <laughs> because everything sort of revolves around Christmas, right? <laughs> like there's 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 before Christmas. Uh-huh. And then you hit after Christmas. So before Christmas is the entire year and then yeah. after Christmas is the next year. It's like the next it's 2 like weeks, the two, right? Two like weeks it's like Christmas. it's like it's like a week and a half until January 1st. Yeah. And then it's like now we're in before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. But there's like a whole week of like after Christmas. I think somehow I think it's uh, similarly related to BC and 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 AC. Uh huh. Before Christ, after Christ, zero. Okay, yeah. See, I feel like it's the same thing. Uh huh. Kind of. I think so too. Like when people ask me like what day is it today, I just say it's before Christmas. <clears throat> you say it's Wednesday, BC, before Christmas. <laughs> I just got that. That's good. AC and BC. Gotcha. That's really good to know. Like, if we were to go on the historical spectrum of, of like, Earth, right? BC, we, we say, like, dinosaurs lived 32 million years BC, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like January 1st is, like, the the Jurassic period. No, no. Jurassic was later on. I can't remember the first one with all the people swimming, but all the animals that are swimming. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is, is like what I'm trying to get to is the user experience of Christmas 
Doesn't it's not just around Christmas though. I I would agree. I think it is it is an experience that does last all year. Yeah. It does. It revolves, right? It does. Yeah. Do you do you know people that uh have a savings account for Christmas and then every year they start putting money away at the beginning of the year? Um I've definitely heard of that. I'm not, I yeah. can't say I can't, you know, say who does that, but Yeah. Definitely. That would be one item from the user experience list, right? Yeah. Is like the preparation work for Christmas can get people can get really insane. We have purchased Christmas presents like in the summertime before. Yeah. Like a long time before Christmas, we are we are buying and storing our our Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. This is true. And, and sometimes you buy. Sometimes people buy in the after Christmas period mm-hmm. because things are on the sale, and then they storm away in their house. This is true. Which, which the before Christmas piece like that, the way early Christmas piece, the user experience of that involves like like you have to design you have to design a place to store these things away from your children, and you have to like you you have to put a bank account together and have a you have to design a process for putting money into that bank account. Mm-hmm. Like it starts really early every year. You also have to figure out what to buy. So your yeah. your kids, they have their lists ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like your kids have it like January one, right? They know what they want next yeah. year. Yeah. Because of all the presents that you didn't buy. Well, them they have it for. on they have it on the night the night of January or the night of December twenty fifth. Yeah. They have their list of all the things that they asked whether they didn't get mm-hmm. that they put on their list again for the next the yeah. next year. That's, that's the way to go. Yeah. So you you have this you have to start the very beginning of the year. With this mm-hmm. list of things you need to buy, and also you have to start like because Christmas shopping is hard for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, like buying a present for another person, sometimes it's not easy to know what to buy for them. So you have to start thinking early. Most of us don't, but it's yep. good to start thinking early and stressing early about what to get for this hard to shop for person. Yeah, it's better to prepare early. Yes, and be ready. But then there's a there's a there's a there's a bad side to that, especially with kids, is if you buy stuff early, the trends in toys and things can change really quickly. Yeah. So if you buy something like in uh, March, you're know, like, dude, you can love this next year. And then fall rolls around. They they grow up, and now they don't like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And now... Now they just want to Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, Tickle right. Me Elmo or Baby Shark. They want that. And then it's like, oh, now what am I going to do with this Ninja Turtle you know, ooze set that I bought? What do I do with it? Yeah. You can give it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's it's a problem. And sometimes it's not even like the trends. The kids just forget what they said. Yeah. And they change their mind. Like, mm-hmm. no, I really want I really want this other toy. Right. I wanted yeah, I wanted this was cool and now I want this because that thing looks dumb. Yeah. Frozen two comes out and ruins everything. Exactly. All the preparation gets ruined. But that also the, the user experience of, of Christmas starts it really kicks into gear about November, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when sometimes earlier, uh-huh. but that's usually when you walk into a store, any store like a grocery store, Target, whatever, yeah. and you start to see Christmas decorations, yeah. Christmas wrapping paper, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then you go like, Oh You walk into your office at work and you see a Christmas tree. Yes. Early. You go you go to the uh, gas station, you get gas, uh, which I don't have to do anymore, by the way, which is like the most fantastic thing. We need to chat about that one of these days. That's but another you topic. You get a new car. 
I got I got an electric vehicle. Yes, and it's nice. the greatest thing on the planet, Andy. Is that your Christmas present, dude? Uh, part of it, yes. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, it's not a Tesla, by the way, for all you dorks out there that think you need a Tesla. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you go to the gas station and you see the little Reese's Christmas tree show up about November. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you go into gas stations, Patrick? I thought you. I thought it was a requirement. I thought you had to go to gas stations. You have to go in to pay Convenience for your gas. Convenience stores? Yeah. <laughs> They're, it's convenient, all right? I don't think it is. Not when you're paying for gas, man. <laughs> well, you pay for gas outside, and then you go inside to get your Reese's Christmas trees. Yeah, okay. You can't buy those at the pump, dude. <laughs> That's true. What, which what is, are you talking about? Which is a big problem. It's a huge pain point in the user experience. Right? Yeah, yeah, but we don't need any more work to be done at the gas pump. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas, the radio, if you listen to the radio still, like some of us do. Yes. Uh um, you start hearing Christmas music pop up. Mm-hmm. Spotify sends you your wrapped for the end of the year. Yep. About the end of November-ish. Um, you start to see some neighbors putting up Christmas lights. Yeah. Those that didn't, you know, that actually took them down yeah. after Christmas the last year. The ones that are dumb and took them down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah you, start to, you start to see all these, all these activities happen. You, the movies... The blockbuster movie season kicks up again. We had the summer blockbuster user experience movie season, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then all the really crappy movies come out in September and October, except for a couple of the scary ones come oh, out. There's in some, there's some good ones here and there. And then it dies, and then November, like Thanksgiving ish, then you get all the mm-hmm. you get all the big movies coming out, yeah. all the all the big Disney movies, because um, they're trying to sell stuff to your kids. Yep, they all come out for the Christmas season for the holidays. Um. Yeah, everything just starts to ramp up. Like it does. Like Early there's November. just more things happening. And I, I will say, and we we talked about this before. Thanksgiving is kind of a whatever holiday for us, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I am fine with that. I am fine with Christmas starting. <clears throat> that that season starting early November because it's just going to trump that holiday that I think is not that helpful. What if what if uh, what if we just did away with? Let's just abolish it right now. The yeah. Thanksgiving holiday, because we don't need it. Yeah. We don't need it. Just let's call it. Let's call. Let's let's officially designate that holiday as pre-Christmas holiday. I mean, it's pretty close. You got the Black Black Friday shopping. You got the uh, that's true. It's online just Monday or whatever it's the, called. The, the decorations and the colors schemes aren't. They don't go with Christmas, yeah. which is the problem because I have to help put up all these decorations that are brown and orange, <laughs> and then I have to take them down when I could yeah. have just put up one set of decorations. Mm-hmm. No. What what is your what is your favorite part though about the the overall experience of Christmas? Like, is there one part that you really enjoy the most? Um, for me, it is, and I can't say Christmas. What do you this mean? Is, no, this no, is the experience Christmas. around Christmas. It's the experience around Christmas, yeah. like the entire you can't one. Can't say opening presents. Of course, <laughs> of course. You know what it really is, Patrick, and this comes from nostalgia for me. Um, but it's actually all like the anticipation, mm-hmm. um, especially on the day before Christmas, <clears throat> typically known as Christmas Eve. That day is my favorite part of the whole season. It's not when you're actually opening presents, because when you open presents, it literally lasts like two seconds. And then yeah. you're like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess you play with your toys, but whatever. Um, but the charge anticipation, up charge up your batteries. <laughs> you like spend like three hours on like opening these toys, right? Yeah. Like. Um, unscrewing all those things and the little toy packages, all that stuff. But my favorite part of Christmas is uh, Christmas Eve when mm-hmm. 
you're like hanging out. It's the night before. You're like really anticipation. You're really anticipating. You're really anticipations. <laughs> you're anticipating the next day. Um, and that's like the magical part of Christmas for me. Mm-hmm. It's like getting ready for something fun. This is why I wanted to bring up this topic today. Because I feel like that, what you brought up, the anticipations, <laughs> is the best. Is the reason why it's so big. It's yeah. the reason why, uh, even if you're even if you're not like a Christmas person, like I, I know people that are Scrooges, right? They don't like Christmas, but the anticipation even for them affects them, right? They that's the part that they still enjoy. They may not like all of the stuff around Christmas, mm-hmm. the you know the Elf on the Shelf and all that stuff, like all the different traditions that pop up every New Year from Shark Tank, you know, like everybody, you watch Shark Tank. <laughs> no. Every every there's there's always a Christmas episode and somebody's got some new piece of junk that to sell you on Christmas. Right? Really, it's always like that. They're, they're trying they, to make it into a tradition. Cry. When I was a kid, oh. <laughs> it's like and then they have the the Jewish holiday one uh, for Hanukkah. They have Mensch on a bench. Have you seen that? No, dude. <laughs> Mensch on the bench is so fantastic. The name alone, it's, it's, that's so instead cool. Instead of Elf on the Shelf, it's, <laughs> it's Mensch on a bench. It's sweet. You should check it out. You can probably go get it at Bed Bath and Beyond where you get. get one of those. All the other shitty Shark Tank products. But, uh, um, I don't know. All that anticipation, if you translate that to the anticipation that you get as a user, you have the same thing. Like, if you translate it to software, you have that same thing. Like, you buy a product because you were sold something, right? Yes. You see it, and there's a marketing campaign around it. You might get a demo from a salesperson. You might not. It might just, your buddy might tell you, hey, sign up forever. Oh, it's so great, you know? And then you're like, oh, yeah, ever know? Oh, revolution my notes, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate the notes app in Apple. And then you log into Evernote, and then you realize it's just a dumpster fire. And then you're like, oh. Hey, but it's the anticipation of that user experience, right? Uh-huh. Do we not forget about that as UX designers? I Because we're focused do. on as UX designers, if I dare say it, like this might be controversial, we're focused on opening the presence. That's mm-hmm. our focus, right? It's not only that. It's like... There's opening the presents and there's also like using the present, you know, playing with yeah. the toys every day. We focus on that experience, yeah. which is, of course, very important. But I think you're, you're on to something here. We're not really focusing on anticipation. Yeah, we're not. Are we not focused on... To, to me, that's a lot of... that. That's not marketing, though, either. Is it not? Well, to me, it's not... Like, that's not marketing's job function either. Okay. Marketing's job is to get you to buy Mench on a bench, right? Okay. We designed Mench on a bench. Uh-huh. Marketing's job is to sell it to you, but marketing does. I marketing can create anticipation for sure. I think they do. Yeah. The way that they do it, but but do we do we have a good experience? Like the part that you said, and I'm glad you said it. I didn't even lead you. I didn't even lead you. You just said it. But the part that you brought up as your favorite part of Christmas is the anticipation of Christmas. Not yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And not the marketing of Christmas, but the anticipation that's occurring, right? That's mm-hmm. going to happen. I think part of that is because it happens the same time every year and it's attached to a holiday. So there's there's that. But also, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, it starts the day after it ends. Mm-hmm. The anticipation of Christmas starts the day after it ends. <laughs> yeah. Without any marketing. Nobody's doing any marketing for that. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no team out there trying to sell you benches on a benches right after Hanukkah season's <laughs> over. <laughs> or elves on the shelves, you know? 
But like, there's a where's the disconnect? Do we do we have a disconnect with our products, our user experience, our marketing teams, our sales teams? Because we're focused on users, but shouldn't everybody be focused on the anticipation and the buildup of this, even if it's a letdown? Hmm. Right. I think I think this is a really interesting topic. I have not thought about this before, which is <laughs> your point, right? Um, so let's let's dive into this a little bit deeper. If we if we're talking about anticipation, um, the thing about Christmas is, as you said, it keeps coming around every year. You get to do it again. It's not like a one time thing. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> is are you talking about anticipation in terms of like using a product? when you, you might have a little bit of anticipation starting to use it because marketing has sold you on something and then you get it and then you just start using it, right? Yeah. Um, the anticipation is like you envisioning yourself, like you know what this product does and you're envisioning yourself using it and like your life is better because you're using it and you're excited about that, right? Yeah. So does the anticipation come like from our side of things for when like, oh, we have a, a new release or we have like a new feature that's coming out in this product and then the user gets excited about that, and it's like a new, it's a, it's another like point, just like Christmas every every once a year, it's another point of excitement, anticipation for a product. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. I, well, because I feel like we don't, I feel like products don't have that built into them anymore. Mm-hmm. Companies don't have that built into them anymore. And I think I have a theory on why this is, but or one theory on on why I think products are are boring and are I think inherently products are gonna in, inherently I think they're like toys right like we see the toy we know what we're gonna get and yeah. I know every year I'm only gonna play with it for 20 days like like rarely rarely am I gonna keep a toy and then and then it goes through a period of like oh, I'm gonna keep my toy because I love that toy mm-hmm. right we've all watched the Toy Story series we know exactly how the documentary works yes and then when that toy when you grow up you give that toy away and it's very you know it's like oh I love these things right uh, I was talking about it with one of our QA guys this morning about my Voltron that I broke and, uh, you know, just how sentimental that was growing up and you have these toys and I still have toys in my basement that I will never play with, but I can't get rid of them, you yeah. know? So, like, there's a special part of the toy, but it's not the toy. Like, it, it never really, like, in my mind, it never really was about the toy. It was about the anticipation. It was about the, the marketing of said toy. It was about what the toy meant to me and socially what it meant socially to me to have it mm-hmm. right just like as designers like everybody's the new hotness is figma is figma a better product than sketch i i, I don't know i got I, I don't know if it's that much better but because everybody else is doing it there's a lot of social pressure right yeah, it's like there's all of this stuff going on i feel like that <clears throat> we don't as ux designers we don't consider that as part of our thought process and here's here's my pitch Back in the day, right, when Windows 95 came out, we anticipated Windows 95 coming out. Okay. Like we heard about it. We were dealing with Windows uh, 3.0 or whatever it was, right? Uh, we had issues. We had problems. There's so many things we wanted to do, and we had to wait so long, right? Like, if, if I'm using... If I'm using Windows 3. Point, I think it was 3.0 or whatever it was, right? Before Windows ninety five, I think so. If I'm if I'm on there and I'm using that, um, and I know that like there's got to be something better than this out there, and I have to wait, 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 and then like a year previous, I get this announcement 
you know, from my Microsoft via mail through a CD of this like free trial of this whatever app they're working on, Internet Explorer or whatever it was. And it's like, it's like I get that. I can anticipate it more, right? There's a buildup to it. I get that Christmas buildup of like something better is coming, right? Yeah. Something better is coming. Then Windows 95 comes out and Bill Gates is dancing, all that stuff on stage, you know, <laughs> like all that stuff. And then we all buy it. And then like the, the condo model, right? We all buy it. We download it. We, we install it. We do whatever. We go through the partition process and realize this isn't that cool. So like it starts kind of like degrading fairly quickly. Just like Christmas, but the part we remember about, the part I remember about using AOL as a kid is the disc. Mm-hmm. The part I remember about using, I don't remember AOL. I have no idea. I don't even. I I couldn't sketch it on paper. I can draw you what those discs look like, <laughs> yeah. right? And I can tell you all day about the experience of me putting in those discs and tracking how many minutes I have, and when my brother used my minutes, getting pissed and getting in a fight. Like I can track all of that experience, but I can't. I couldn't draw AOL, and I and you remember the the other part too about like the AOL and the anticipation of the AOL is back in the day when it wasn't fast, and you had to log in, you'd hit the you put your disc in, and then you you're just like oh I'm so stoked to get on here and look at the Wikipedia or whatever it was yeah. like it was stupid, but you get you get on and then it's like, bleep you know all the fax machine stuff, and and then. Uh, <laughs> And then you get the, you've got mail. Like, that whole thing is a build-up to something, right? Yeah. To a junk to junk mail. Like, that's the product. The product was a junk mail crappy inbox. But the whole experience and the reason why we liked it so much and why it was better than other products was because of all of that anticipation, right? Okay. And that's what I'm thinking. As I was thinking about last night. I feel like that's what Christmas is like, and I feel like this whole process of being agile has kind of killed that in our products. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because that's interesting. Because in agile, we're like just dropping these small pieces. Yeah. We're like, here's here's a piece of your stocking candy, right, for yeah. Christmas all throughout the year, and then you don't get a, <laughs> a special surprise no. of here's a full stocking full of small toys and candy. Yeah. I think yeah, it's like it's like we, we, we drop things throughout the year. We have we have many Christmases throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But the but the realization I think you've made that you made earlier in the podcast is that's not what Christmas is about. Yeah. Christmas isn't about the thing that you get, it's about the anticipation of the event. Mm-hmm. And I think and people can be people can be into the event, but really like I mean if you just follow the Connell model of Christmas like the pinnacle, the 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 bump at the top is very short. It's very short. Yeah. Which we're sort of taught we want to keep people up there, right? Like, how do we design products to keep people up there? The problem is we're not going to keep people up there. They're always gonna as soon as they use it, they're like, oh, that was great, but I just noticed this, mm-hmm. but I just noticed this, and it's going to start to slowly degrade. So, like, taking the model of Christmas, I feel like we we should design that anticipation better into our applications. And, and maybe it's maybe we play around with time. Maybe we play around with the time frame of that. Maybe we maybe we don't. Maybe we hold off releases. You know, to, to kind of like make the user that. suffer a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> not not really that, but just like <clears throat> this goes back to, and we've talked about this before. You've talked about this specifically. I think it goes back to this whole agile. MVP model mm-hmm. of just releasing something to somebody 
and not necessarily understanding what the core value is of what we get from it. Yeah. Because I think that's I think that's why Christmas and I think that's why Halloween, like if I look at holidays, those two holidays specifically, I think that's why they're popular and why they're gaining more traction and why people enjoy them because there's so much anticipation to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. And they get more value from they get more value from the product itself, but half the value they're getting is from the experience that the product not necessarily the use of the product, but the experience up to the use of the product. Mm-hmm. Now, um, to counter this a little bit, yeah, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because <laughs> this made me think of some examples in my life um, where this could potentially go poorly, and you kind of <laughs> described it a little bit already. So, um, my first example is this is something that I think Apple does a lot with hardware products. And what they do is they they like to use time and they like to kind of withhold things that they know we love or want, things that are very simple. And I think, uh, let's let's talk about like an example that I'm thinking of, um, the iPhone 4. If you remember, for the longest time, iPhone was just black, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody for like all the time, like, when are we going to get a white iPhone? Like, we know you can make white things. Your iPods are white. You can do it. But Apple just, like, waited years and years before they released a white iPhone. Mm -hmm. And they even had this iPhone 4 come out, and it it was black. And then, like, halfway through that cycle, they came out with the white iPhone 4. And they didn't have to wait, but they made us wait. And there was just, like, not that much extra value. Like, your phone's maybe, like, more beautiful in your eyes. But they made you wait. And I think, and I think Apple does this a lot with a lot of their products. They kind of, they use time and I think they kind of use it in a bad way. And, um, I think we fall for it as Apple users all the time. Um, I would love to have black AirPods. I want black AirPods, but they're not going to make them. (laughs) They might someday. They might someday. (laughs) They're just, and they totally could make different colors, but they're just not going to (laughs) because they don't want to. (laughs) But to that point, like, um, <clears throat> you know, I taught I taught a uh, class at Dead Mountain a couple weeks ago about um, the same principle. This is when I kind of started thinking about it. Was like in UI, like when you click on something in UI, you value something when you know something's working hard for you. Yeah. Right. Just like that. That's this is like just a psychological thing. I I will value something or love something if I know it, it, there's hard work attached to it. Mm-hmm. If it comes too easy or it gets comes at me too fast, I don't value it as much. Right. Yeah. So, like, um, that whole principle, I think we lose because things are faster and we release things faster. Mm-hmm. So, I think we, re- we, we, we lose the value of that. Like, if I compare it, like, to, to your point, they, like, if uh, Apple, Apple withholding stuff, we know they can produce and teasing us with that years ahead of time um, benefits them because when the, white, when the white iPhone 4 comes out, everybody bought it. Yes. And their sales just blew. Their sales blew up. I think even people that already had an iPhone 4, like... Yeah, <laughs> traded, know, to, traded get it, to get it in. I mean, I remember getting one. I didn't even want it. I, but I was like, dude, this is like this is great. And then it's I turned wild. around and realized everyone had one. I was like, oh, man, everybody's got this white thing. Um, but, like, to their point, it does boost sales. But also, I think that's part of why... And Don Norman talked about this when early days of Apple, of, like, we looked at the holistic experience. And I think this is part of it. Um, it'd be cool. Maybe we get Don Norman on the podcast. Let's do it. Um, but I think part of that is the reason why Apple products 
um, like let's take the iPhone as an example. It has it's always had a shitty camera, always. It's never had a great camera comparatively, like to the Samsungs or like the Pixels. I think it has, especially at night. The last, yeah, especially in dark. Sure. It's not that they can't. It's not that they can't just go fix it, right? Mm -hmm. But they know that people love Apple products, and I think that's it's that's not the whole that's not the whole part of it. But Apple products, in some ways, are very inferior hardware to other products on the market. Yes. But people love the Apple products. And part of it's the way that the product is designed itself. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that if I know as a person that I feel like there's care and work placed into this, I cherish it more, right? Yeah. Like, if 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 I know Santa Claus built my Voltron... Which he did. And his elves. Well, he didn't build it. His elves did. Yeah, his elves built it. <laughs> the elves put the hard work into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad, it's a bad, bad metaphor. But anyway, like if you know somebody has worked hard on it to complete it, mm-hmm. it fit, like you love it more. Yeah. Right? Versus if it's like, if it comes out, even if it's like half ass. Like even if the product comes out, it's still not complete, but you know somebody worked really hard, you know? But then, but then if you if we're doing these agile releases where we release bits and pieces, we know it's not we, we we know the breadth of it over time is a lot of hard work. But because it's these small chunks, we don't consider it like you know what I mean? Does I that, know exactly what you mean. This is I think this is clicking really well with me because if you are given something so often you just expect it and it's not yeah. as special anymore, right? You're spoiled, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so then you, it's just like, yeah, there's a there's a new release, I can do this thing. Oh, that's great. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Versus like um, I had to wait. I knew about this thing forever. I, I had to wait a very long time for it. Um, so I think I think what I'm trying to say with Apple is there's there's a good <coughs> and bad to that because yeah. it could swing in the, to the the side of the scale that's like you could easily make this thing and I'm angry at you because you don't and all of your competitors do. I'm going to leave and go to the competitors. Or there's like, yeah. I love you so much. I just really need you to make this thing for me now. <laughs> and I'm going to stay here and wait. When I get it, I'm going to be excited. Yeah. But it could be a thing that's not, <laughs> not really that much more value. Yeah. Um, There's all those commercials about you know the Samsung commercials where they rip on all the people sitting out in front of Apple stores. Yeah. But I, I, I deep <laughs> deep down inside, I think that's what Samsung wants. Absolutely. I mean, you would want that <laughs> yeah. if you were if you were a retailer. Uh huh. No, it's very true. Um, my next example, and I think this might might hit home a little bit more because you and I both experienced this together. We even talked about this on the podcast a long time ago. Do you remember Envision Studio, Patrick? Yeah. Wait, Envision what? Studio. Stu- oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had. <laughs> there was a lot of <laughs> anticipation for that. Um, Ishtar. They, Do you remember the movie Ishtar? No. Oh, you remember that? Sounds familiar. That's bad. I'm I'm old. Uh, no, it's like it was like the it was like if you. It's like Transformers 2, right? There's a lot of anticipation, and then it hit, and it was like the worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's Envision Studio. <laughs> so like, so they ramped it up really well. Mm-hmm. They had that like invite system, so you like were super stoked if you got an invite yeah. and other people didn't. <laughs> so there's a social pressure of all that, yeah. and like everybody was talking about this thing that was so mm-hmm. great, and then you got it, and it unfortunately didn't work. Yeah. Um, so that was where that was a, a thing where they were good at anticipation. I feel like yeah. it was mainly on the marketing side of things, 
Um, but they were really good at it, and everyone was really excited about this thing. But that swung way too far in the other direction, where mm-hmm. I was like, well, this isn't at all what we were promised. Yeah. Even though it was a beta, like even the beta of it wasn't what we were promised, yeah. I feel like. so. The example of that, right, to, to bring it back to the holiday season, was when I wanted... I wanted the Optimus Prime set, like the full set when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And I asked Santa Claus for that and everything like that. And then the anticipation of, like, I know I'm going to get it. It's the only thing I asked for, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, my mom was asking me, like, oh, tra-, she doesn't know anything about Transformers. Oh, it's Transformer. Oh, yeah. watching cartoons with me on Saturday morning. Like, she's trying to pick up on it. And then, <laughs> and then I opened my gift, and it was the GoBot version. <laughs> it was like, GoBots? the hell mom go bots <laughs> that's awesome. that's what that's what it was like it yeah. was like there was a lot of anticipation because they had they had because even this is a great example of where anticipation can go wrong because mm-hmm. it's not focused on the right experience yeah um is that because i it was like two years before i think they made like a blog post announcement two years before they even released it like we're gonna start working on a design tool yeah Yes. Like, it was early. It was way early on. So we expected it to be, like, done in that amount of time because it was, like, you know, such a long time to develop this thing, right? (laughs) So we were, like, ready to go. you open the GoBot and you're like, ah, crap. (laughs) And I had the same sort of experience, I think, in my childhood, too. There was this this robot that I – so I picked this robot out, you know, ZCMI – ZCMI, um, Toy Store. I was like, Mom, I want this thing. And in my mind, I thought this robot could do everything. Like, I thought it would, like, be my little friend. I thought I basically thought it was, like, a sentient robot, right? It was, like, this, like, two-foot-tall robot, and I was, like, super stoked. I knew where my parents, they bought it. I knew where they hid it, so I would, like, sneak down to the room and, like, look at him. Like, I'm so excited to open this thing and play with my new robot buddy. And I opened it, and I realized he could just say things when I pushed the button and kind of roll forwards and backwards. <laughs> so <laughs> it was very disappointing. <laughs> I was like imagining him like helping me out on my paper route, all that stuff. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like this is gonna be the best. You're like ever. me and him, my buddy, we're gonna share thoughts, <laughs> deep thoughts together. This is gonna be great. So He's I built, hang out in the treehouse with me. Built all this up in my mind, thinking it'd be the best, and it did not work out that way. Yeah. So there's a balance to it, right? I guess. I think I think for the most part, UX designers probably don't focus on that anticipation much. We focus more on the quality of the product. Yes. Right when when in actuality like we could have the best product in the world, but if people don't like and it could a- offer a lot of value, but if people don't want it initially, mm-hmm. um, or have any kind of anticipation that there's new features coming out or yeah. new things coming in, right? Like I think that's where the balance is. If you were to only release something every year, you might build up a an anticipation factor that there's new products coming at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But it also like to your point, it might be too far. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I, I'm not, I can't wait for this thing to happen. Everybody else has this thing. I can't wait for it to happen. Right. But if you're releasing new features every three days, your users just get spoiled, you know? Yeah. And then they just turn into freaking <laughs> monsters. They just turn into Veruca salts <laughs> and then you're never going to fulfill them. Right. And I think, I think that's part of what we do. I think that's part of why we get, um, we have a good solid product on our hands, but we still keep getting crap from our users about 
all the stuff that they want, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there is a level of they don't necessarily appreciate what they do have. Yeah. Um, because we've given them too much. We've actually spoiled our users. <laughs> and I don't know if that's, like, I, I think that's a bad thing. But because then, then you're ne- they're never going to be happy, right? And then yeah. you're kind of, like, digging your own grave. But at the same time, you can't be like, we're only going to release, some, release something every three years. Yeah, you know, because then it's like, well, if it you you run the risk of hit, of getting Envision Studio mm-hmm. if you do it that way, right? If it's not, if it if it really truly doesn't hit them, and they really don't like it, then it's like the biggest bomb of all time. Yeah, which is like every Microsoft operating system ever released, right? <laughs> the anticipation is good, and watching Bill Gates dance is freaking phenomenal, and. Watching what's his face clap his hands with the big sweaty pits and stuff like that—that's great. But then when you flip it on and it, it doesn't work, <laughs> then it's like, oh, I still don't know where my files are. You yeah, know? like yeah, that sucks. I don't that's know, true. but I think that's what I think. There's a lesson to Christmas, and there's there's got to be a balance to it. Yeah, and I think that's hard to do, and I know I'm not sure that we can come up with all the answers on how you do this because it sounds like all of this is just a balance. You you want to have enough time but not too much time you want to have like a good like platform for anticipation but not too much so they have way high expectations so it's like we we can't exactly answer that for you right now as in this in terms of like (laughs) how do you do this but i think we can look to a lot of examples of companies that have that that do this well um and i I think we, we can look at again the example of christmas to understand how we as users can do that, or we as designers can do that for our users. Yeah, well, I think the first thing it starts with understanding that principle of like, yeah, we could release uh, ten small pieces of this feature now, or we could relate to we could we could wait and add lots of value, um, mm-hmm. you know, bundle six of them together and release it in two months. Yeah, and realize that that's not a negative thing. Like I think I think a lot of us in the current climate uh, have been have been beat down by the agile manifesto right Mm -hmm. and how like well this is the way it's supposed to be we're supposed to get you know but like if you're not delivering actual true value to users it doesn't matter what you're delivering to them yeah like if you're delivering trash that's great but like um deliver something that they're gonna they're gonna appreciate and enjoy and part of appreciating and enjoying something is waiting for it Mm -hmm. you know like not too long not we're not talking. I'm not talking about Texas Roadhouse, where you wait three and a half hours <laughs> on a Saturday night for a mediocre roll. You know. But you don't. Like, you don't I'm like their rolls, Patrick. Hold up. You don't like their rolls. They're mediocre rolls. Are not. they really? It's because you waited three and a half hours in a peanut-infested swamp before you got. Yeah, in you there. got peanuts before the rolls. That's great too. Yeah, and then you get a roll, and you're like, "Oh my god!" You're like so parched. <laughs> exactly. You're like dying and that's starving. Perfect. You're like, "Oh, this roll!" <laughs> they, they went over the so the roll is amazing. <laughs> No, what I'm saying is like there's there's like what you brought up there's there's a there's a point at which if and I go back to food on this one because I think restaurants really good restaurants do a good they they do this really well the the timing is done perfectly and the reason why restaurants I think succeed and why they fail is because of the timing so if I go into a restaurant and I order like I wait I wait ten minutes they're like hey it's, yeah it's about a ten minute wait yeah. I sit down, I wait 10 minutes, right? There's enough weight that I'm like, why, like, let's eat, man. What, like, why am I here? 
Yeah. Um, I just want to go in and order my food, right? But if I wait 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, that's too much. That's too long. Yeah. Like, you're getting angry at that point, right? Or on the contrary, if you get there and you order this food and it comes yes. out, like, in this, like, 30 seconds, you're like, is this just microwaved? Like, yeah. What is this? So that's where the principle of the quality comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, they could have just microwaved it three seconds before, like, you could have ordered it, it went into a queue. Yeah. And then it, 15 minutes later, then then they put the breadsticks in the oven and ship them out to you. So it literally takes 30 seconds. Yeah. Right? But they, they put you in a waiting pattern. So you had to sit there and build up some anticipation of what you ordered, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a there's a there's an area there where it's like we expect if it takes 10, 15 minutes to get my food, that it's quality food. Yeah. Because they cooked it fresh for me. When the reality is prob- probably not. They probably didn't cook all of it fresh for you. Um, but if it comes out like a minute later, you're upset because you're like, do you freaking microwave this? Does it take this Did you long? get this from somebody else's <laughs> table? You know, like there's all these weird things that like you can't cook food that quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if it wait, if it goes too long, then it feels like they don't value you as a customer. Yeah. Right? Or then your expectations, then you start asking those questions. Everybody says like, oh, are they, are they cutting up the, you know, the, <laughs> the pig in the back or whatever? Yeah. Like taking forever to make this thing but that that expectation <laughs> that expectation you have in your brain is that it that like you have it has to be worked for yeah right just like christmas yeah there's a lot of preparation for christmas and then the anticipation is there and you there's a build-up right there's like this there's like a palpable energy in your house before christmas mm-hmm. and then you have christmas and then it's like blah and then it's like done yes but the interesting part is then it starts back again. <laughs> like the anticipation starts like right then. <laughs> That's very interesting. And I think, I think the restaurant analogy helps a lot um, to make this even more clear. And I think a really good way to help manage the balance here, especially like what a restaurant would need to do is understand their, their guests' expectations mm-hmm. um, without you know, directly asking them, like, how long do you think it would take to make this? this steak or whatever but it's really like asking them what or like understanding what their expectations are and then you can try to toe the line the line to see what you can do to play with that to either ramp up expectation or anticipation um or lower it if you need to right yeah so i think this is a a very interesting topic it's true it all starts with your users understanding it does yeah so Patrick, I think I think this is great. I think we are we are experienced designers, and that is part of the experience that I don't think we are always considering mm-hmm. or designing for. Well, even in even in the app, I mean, um, we've talked about friction, adding friction in your app before, mm-hmm. and if it's done properly, like in my mind, that's what design kind of is: is just where to add friction and where not to add friction. Because I think even in the app, when things happen too quickly in the app, you you feel like it's not you feel like it's not helping you. Mm-hmm. You feel like it's it's just happening. It's not like there's no care involved. Yeah. Or if you know, and it also opens it up to mistakes. Like if if things are moving too fast, too quick, and you're just trying to do you know, like you can as a user you can mess up. Yes. And so proper fr- proper friction slows you down just enough that like you can you can maintain control, right? We've talked about it before, like driving a car and mm-hmm. like wrecking a Lamborghini and stuff. Like you need proper training for certain things. And that requires some friction. This is true. But it's a good one. Merry Christmas, Andy. 
Yeah, you too, Patrick. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Have a good Christmas. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Uh, do you, do, is there, should we tell them they can get a shirt for Christmas? Yeah. A design about shirt for Christmas? It won't be delivered. It before. won't be delivered in time, but uh, check us out at threadless.designmuch.com. Is that yeah. what it was? And uh, uh, go ahead and buy a shirt for your yourself or someone else. Yeah, your loved one. It will make their Christmas or their after Christmas a great one. Yeah, yeah. Get them like a like get them a tight one, like one size smaller than they normally are. Like if they're a large, get them like a medium. Why? Because when you when you order it now, it's going to come in January, and of course, as you know, everybody jumps into the gym at the beginning of January. Yeah. So then it'll be like now. Then it'll fit them correctly at the end of January. <laughs> the end of January. <laughs> Okay, bye, Andy. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>